Welcome to the Rogues Alliance Actual Play Podcast, where a few friends sit down every two weeks to play some games and record the fun for you, the listeners. The crew arrives on Corellia, and we get introduced to some of Gar's family on the Dolo Ranch. Vec has an awkward call with his mom, and the team gets some new spiffy duds in Episode 6, Arrival on Corellia. Welcome back. When we last left off, we had just fled the planet of Onderon. Although fled might not be the proper word, we more left it in a completely cordial and legal matter. Sauntered. Yeah. <laughs> Casually sauntered off the planet. Uh, and we That's are now... not the way that that customs agent's going to remember that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and are now on our way towards Corellia. So, as we start off, let's do this typical of going around the room and saying who's who. I am Jason. I am playing Vec Tilma, the human demo man. I am Alan, and I am playing Gar Dolo, the technician from Corellia. I am James, and I am playing Zero B1, the droid soldier. I'm Brittany, and I'm playing Cass Wakoit, a human gunner. I'm Andrew, I'm playing Davik Ulat, the Duros engineer. And I'm Ryan, and I'm playing Jad Lackbrett, the Duros Ace Driver. And I'm Jamie, and I'm your GM for this game. So, as always, let's start off by figuring out what side Destiny is on today. If everyone can roll me a Force die. I know that you're all gesturing with your fingers on what this is, and we're on an audio podcast. Um, so, then my final tally for this means that you have one light side point, and one, two, three, four, five, six dark side points. Am I the only one those who's been feeling <laughs> ominous about returning back to the <laughs> To add on to the foreboding destiny, on this four-day trek to Corellia, to Gara, you've kind of had that conversation that you had on the phone with your father, playing back and you hit in your head a few times, and you just didn't sound happy at all. And you've pushed the boundaries so many times that you're kind of wondering, maybe this was the one. You're not sure, and that's just really, really stressing you out. And so you're going to be dropping by two on your strain threshold, and everyone else drops by one on their strain threshold. I am an unbearable shipmate. Just been moping around. <laughs> Just today? I don't know, these four days. <laughs> You've also spent a bit of time getting to know Valen a little bit. Not too much. I assume it's just been small talk, unless anyone would like to contradict that. And he's generally been a nice enough guy. You know, he spent a few times, uh, yes. Pumping him for, you should be getting connected to both the Dicta and the Aurelian Merchant Guild. Uh, and he seems to have taken that under advisement. He actually a few times has sought you out to kind of ask about your opinions on things like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where certain political factions and the industrial factions lie and what he should expect. Mm-hmm. But he's been fairly guarded with his own... That's probably smart because after he's probably asked for my opinion on certain specific issues, he's probably realized that my depth of knowledge is quite shallow and it is only a familiarity with the people that Gar can present with him with. Yeah, but he does ask you with the people as well. Um, I think Davik for the trip would probably have just been getting his bearings on the ship and sort of seeing what his acquisition had. Yeah, I mean, we can mock up a map later, but it's your typical Star Wars freighter layout at the particular moment. So, after four days, you guys make the trip to Corellia, breaking out of hyperspace, the planet revolving in the viewport in front of you for anyone in the cockpit. You aren't stopped at all. You, of course, have all the proper papers, IFFs, and uh, signal markers for Dolo Industries to be able to just kind of, like, skirt through the fast lane. So, are we going right to the ranch's uh, spaceport? That was my assumption. Yep. Yep. So I assume you had, you gave the coordinates at some point to... Yeah, well, I'm in the cockpit now, right? Because, yeah. I mean, I, I while I'm, I'm sure that we get through all of the Corellian security fine, yeah. I bet you by the time we get a little closer to the ranch, it's going to become necessary for me to be on the radio. <laughs> I'm in the cockpit because I've never been here and I want to see it from space. Yeah. 
I'll sort of jump out of the co-pilot seat and let you sit down. I'm assuming it was the same kind of setup as the Millennium Falcon in the sense that, in the sense that it has like two seats and then two seats behind. That's my assumption yeah. as well. So I'll just sort of sit in the behind seat. Thank you kindly. I'm in the back testing my gyro. <laughs> so you break through atmosphere and Corellia looks up as a planet very similar to what you would consider Earth to look in, that it's got oceans and land masses in green and it's not all one color. And as you break through the atmosphere then it's, uh, you know, blue clear sky today, hardly a cloud in the sky. As you are traveling closer to, uh, you know, where the Dolo Ranch is, it's, I'm going to say mid-morning. So I mean, we're looking at 10 a.m. kind of thing. There. You see that perfectly green square inside that squiggly brown patch? That's home. And uh, you can contradict me on this, but in my picture, that green square is actually adjacent to, like, a major lake. Because, you know, I figured a waterfront property. Yeah, I figured uh, some of the compounds on the water, yeah. Yeah, I figured that's where, like, the homestead was. was yeah, well, I mean, it's also probably why we needed him, is to redirect some water tables. And as you guys are closing down on this compound, it's massive. <laughs> like, this is, it's a city, essentially, just without the people, as far as you can tell. And you can kind of see that it seems to be divided up into sections. So there's the southernmost section, which is where you guys seem to be headed for, specifically. Uh, and then it branches off into various patterns there. And as it goes out into that brown squiggly, you can see massive refineries and uh, other factory type things and excavation type projects. So I'm gonna log into the um, the homestead uh, security and punch in my personal code and wait to see who's uh, if I'm gonna be pushed up to family or deal with an employee. Wonder who's gonna be greeting us today. As your code cycles through, you kind of get the, you know, please wait one moment. All lines are currently busy, which, you know, doesn't normally actually happen. It's normally fairly quick for someone to respond. And the reason why becomes obvious to you as a very pleasant voice uh, with a very typical dolo twang to it answers. It's a bit younger of a voice. And you recognize the hologram of Abo, the first of the triplets. So what does that hologram look like? Abo's hologram is... It's just like a face-up hologram. Okay, so from the face-up... Running a slightly more gelled military style haircut, but it's brought forward a little a little bit too extravagantly to be able to wear a proper beret. The sides are very perfectly done back. You can see that there's a sort of a dress collar shirt. And unlike a military person who might have seen training or something like this, it's a beautiful complexion. It's just absolutely perfect. And I suspect that anybody who has either decent computer or decent perception might notice that it's synthetic. But, I mean, like, it would have to be good. Yeah, I would actually want it to be hard or uh, great for someone to notice okay. uh, from the way that we've been talking with these guys. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's explicitly checking the quality of the hologram. So, no, yeah. I mean, this rock star of a man, movie star answers. I'm just going to smile. And it's, you know, the hologram just kind of appears in the central dash. You're only about that big. And uh, you're still in the cockpit, right, Andrew? Yeah. So anyone with a fairly good understanding of computers does notice that that, like, the hologram just popping up Shouldn't have actually happened until you guys let it pop up, like until you activated it on your side. And so uh, the the attractive man just kind of smiles and just says, Welcome to the Dolo Family Ranch. How may I be of assistance to you? Howdy, Abba. We are uh, looking for permission to land. I'm bringing a few visitors. Just so that I refresh my memory, Abba is younger than you, correct? The triplets are all old. They're older than you? Yep. Yep. Their holograms don't look older than me, though. Yep, that's fine. And kind of smiles like, oh, baby brother, we were wondering when you were going to get back. And kind of, you know, off screen, you can kind of see his shoulder moves as he's typing something. He goes, you've been cleared to land. Docking Bay 22 has been set aside for your personal use. Excellent. Uh, Does Daddy know I'm coming home yet? <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure word will be sent to him, but I must tell you, Daddy and Falnut went off hunting uh, shortly after he got off the phone with you last. Oh. Oh, good. 
And then he kind of smiles. He's like, about 30 minutes, in fact, after he got off the con with you, he uh, suddenly decided he needed to head up to the, to the cabins. Oh, uh, I don't I don't suppose he brought some light blasters or something and not the, the elephant gun. Oh, no, he, he brought a slug thrower. Yeah. Yeah, I figured he might. Yeah. Yeah, came out, gave a shout out for old Falnot, and uh, away they went. Yeah. Seemed a bit red, too. Grins a bit more, even as he says that. <laughs> well, that all that aside, I must appreciate the work you've done on uh, getting this here ship. That was that was mighty kind of you. Oh, not a problem at all. You're family, after all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose I am. <laughs> Just kind of looked down at my boots. <laughs> he gives a smile. He's like, Oscar will probably be around to greet you when you arrive at the port. All righty. Hey. Are uh, you on uh, site or are you uh, elsewhere today? Oh, I'm at home right now. Uh, once I get the folks settled, I might come see you visit. Yeah. Mm. Much obliged. During yeah. this whole conversation, by the way, too, Davik, like, I can I can get the implications of what's going on. He's definitely like slinking in his seat a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Already owe, owing the Dolo family, knowing <laughs> that apparently this has. Hearing your reaction, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, yeah it doesn't sound like that good of a thing. No. Or like, you know, when it's like, yeah, you got off the phone with you and then needed to go shoot something. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it's been gone for four days. I'm gonna sit back down in the seat as soon as the hologram disappears. And if I notice that he is also slinking back down in the seat, I'm just gonna kind of give a nod at him and then put my hat down. <laughs> sort of a, give a sort of a, a, a quick nod as well, and maybe just fiddle with like instruments needlessly. Oh, this system looks like it needs to be calibrated and pushing yeah. out wires. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'll check to see if the wipers are working. <laughs> I mean, any specific landing instructions I'll be, of course, uh, assisting. Yep. So, Ryan, you bring the Minoc down to uh, coordinates directed, and you come down on a massive spaceport. You've seen smaller spaceports in actual cities. And you land in kind of one of the smaller hangar decks of this thing, and you'll see a couple shuttles, you know, Titanium kind of style shuttles that look to be for dignitaries or, like, personal thing. Uh, you do spot, there's one X-Wing, actually, painted in some rather hot rod style colors. This is the personal area, right? Yeah. But then as you guys get a view of the other, you'll also notice, like, the cargo haulers off to the side and, uh, you know, in one section. As um, we go by, Jad just kind of, like, stares longingly at the X-Wing. <laughs> <laughs> so when I see him looking, I'm going to uh, lean over and just be like, that's my nieces. I'm just going to kind of give a look at the pilot and just kind of <laughs> give a nod. I'll kind of look back. How old is she? <laughs> Well, you must be about 18 now. That's awkward. <laughs> How so? Don't ask. <laughs> Just kind of go back to flying the ship. Very, like, I don't think you're stone-faced. I don't think you're uh, her type. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Dabble will chuckle at that. All right, so you guys land in the, in the pad, and it's a fairly widely spaced landing port. And walking out, and as you walk out, there's various crewmen that are going about whatever their job should be, whether it's refueling particular ships, or, you know, you do notice there are some security forces on patrol of just, like, you know, guards. All personal, all wearing Dolo family uniforms. The traffic, or the foot traffic, does get much busier. You can see it getting much busier as you look over towards where the, the cargo haulers and the refinery ships are. 
at the far end, you notice one particular section of the starport houses these massive rockets. That um, is a little bit excited about those. If there's anybody among the like physical laborers that Vec might recognize, he's going to sort of like nod and, and wave. Oh, I assume that there's a few there, and they all you know kind of wave back and whatnot. I've been doing a little bit of stuff off planet. Nice to be back. One <laughs> he's thinking it's so not nice to be back. <laughs> Is there anybody out to meet us, considering we've got the crown prince with us? So, striding across the landing pad to get to you guys, you notice a couple of people in, like, Dolo uniforms being led by an older man, just kind of comfortably. And, like, when I say older, I mean middle age, I should say. Alan, if you give me a description for uh, Oscar. Alright. So he stands about 6'2". His hair doesn't seem to be uh, have that distinctive dolo dark or the the military cut to it it's a little looser not unlike my hairstyle but his hair itself would be a little lighter he'd be clean shaven he'd have very tanned skin like you can tell he works quite a bit and despite being middle-aged he is very well taken care of like you can tell that he is physically fit he's active huge arms on him again you guys, I suppose you wouldn't know his history but I mean he's I mean the type of arms that could wrestle a steer down right like <laughs> does he have the accent yes he would because he would be a local yep. because he'd be one of the original ranchers yep so uh, as he's kind of striding up to you guys he's like you dang god nerf herding little son of a bitch how you been boy <laughs> Not too bad, Austin. Not too bad. And I give him a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> Hugs back. And I think this is one of the few times, that, at least that you guys would have seen, where Gar doesn't look like the overimposing person in the hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, like, as the hug pulls apart, like, I'm going to grab him by the shoulder. Like, my normal talking to him it almost looks like I'm yelling in his face kind of thing. <laughs> like, so how you been? <laughs> good, good. Things are going well. Your mom was asking after you. She's excited to see you again. Oh, very best. Very best. And is she here? Did she make food? <laughs> <laughs> Been in the kitchen all day. <laughs> oh, very best. <laughs> and, you know, it gives a clap on your shoulder, and it's the kind of clap that even makes Gara kind of, like, have that slight stagger to him. Of like, <laughs> <laughs> now, don't be rude, boy. Introduce me to your friends. <laughs> well, I reckon I can do that. I'm about to introduce the prince, and then I kind of pause and be like, well, I'm not quite sure what etiquette is here, but my commanding officer here is Cass Waycoit. And uh, I kind of look over and just be like, we're going to have to work on that because that's a long name. <laughs> and uh, I, I turn around and just be like, and this, His Majesty Valen Dendip. He's the uh, reign and sovereign of Onderon. And, of course, you know, I get smacked with the but you know OB. And, uh... <laughs> I give a big, a big slap onto Vec here. Just be like, and you know Vec. And Oscar. Like, <laughs> I suppose the real introduction you'd be needing past that then would be uh, the two Duro boys here. And that would be Davik. Ulat. Ulat. And your. Jad Lakbrett. Okay. Gar's not going to pick that's the last name because <laughs> yeah. that's something that he finds weird. So it's <laughs> Davik and. Jad. Jad. Let me go back. Well. These boys have a stage name, so let's just go with Jad and Davik. <laughs> so, uh, Oscar, you know, is like, Obi, good to see you again. Vic, nice to have you back. You know, and then he goes and shakes each of your hands like, boys, pleasure to meet you. And he's like, pleasure to meet you, darling. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I must say, I- I'm not used to Gar traveling with such a uh, fine company. 
smiles and... Yeah, Vec is going to lean over a little bit to cast and, like, it's a family thing. <laughs> yeah, and it, as a matter of fact, actually, anyone who wants to can make... Uh, just so that I, I'm clear on this, because I don't want to misrepresent characters that I didn't originally come up with. This guy is essentially, as your parents have gotten older, the face of the ranch at this point, right? Like, you've got him listed as a central fixture, so he's yes. often someone... All right, cool. Guard does not need to make this check at all, and anyone who has never met Oscar before can make a hard perception check. No disadvantages or anything like that. And then people who do know him can make an average one if they care. It's just to notice something about the way he's talking right now. Uh, that is Ooh. two threat. Okay. I have one success and one advantage. It is a success and a triumph. Okay, that's fine. Jad, this guy is very similar to Gar. He's got some, some boisterousness to him to a certain extent and a fairly smooth talker. And, you know, seems to be kind of taken by uh, a cast here. For you guys with your successes, seems to be very nice and is very nice to cast. And all of you, I don't want to say this is an act... But him hitting on Cass just seems to be him being friendly. There doesn't seem to be any interest there whatsoever. And in fact, with your triumph, I can tell you there's no interest there. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, you won't be taking him from his husband. (laughs) Like I said, it's a family thing. So with the introductions made, he introduces you to the two aides that are with him and they're fairly new, or they're newer employees of... uh, of Oh, I haven't met them yet? Yeah, yeah, you actually wouldn't have met these two. Well, howdy! Like, have you boys been gotten the full grand tour of the ranch? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, they say. What? Who did it? Well, who done? Um, <laughs> uh, who done your tours? <laughs> Just uh, ask back. I done do good tours. They're great. Yeah. Uh, um, um, Miss, Miss, you won't remember them all, but Mr. Elias did, gave us our tours, sir. Oh, Frank. <laughs> don't, don't worry, boss. Yours were always better. <laughs> as much as you can remember at any rate <laughs> what's your names again when they repeat their names you'd be like I'll come looking for you uh, boys later <laughs> uh, yes sir <laughs> and Oscar is just kind of like siphoning back a laugh and he's like come on let's get you boys settled in do, uh, do we need anything taken off your ship no. No. Like, no character. Is he acknowledging the prince or oh yes sorry he does your majesty it's a pleasure to have you with us he does kind of skirt the whole reigning sovereign mm-hmm. aspect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just kind of one of those, like, Your Majesty, very nice to have you. Let's get you settled in first mm-hmm. before anything else is said. There's a, a land speeder. It's, in fact, a land, like, a limousine, essentially. Uh, a bit more rugged, you know. Not quite as heavy duty as you'd expect, like, the limousine Humvees to be, but it is the kind of thing that you'd be able to take on a ranch. Because, hey, why own two different kinds of uh, land speeding you just own two of the same kind and get twice as much use out of it. <laughs> so you guys are all piled in and uh, as you're driving back Oscar's kind of leaning over he's like so I'm going to be starting looking through the bar to see if there's anything like good quality but lower potency because I need to be you know, have good wits about me. <laughs> uh, there's a couple beers and like ales that are that are stocked in there yeah. yeah so I'm going to crack one open and kind of hold it out for anybody who's going to Jad Yanks. Valen <laughs> <laughs> considers oh, yeah. for a moment and then Takes one. <laughs> Cast is <the> table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You feel like lubing up, Obi? <laughs> so, as soon as they get into the, the, the limousine, Obi basically tries to make himself as small as possible to take up as little room as possible because right. the comfort of a droid is not really necessary. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, as, as lubing as up, Obi, I take the bottom against the side. <laughs> <laughs> So I kind of rested in your folded-up frame and then take another bottle for myself. <laughs> so as the limousine takes off, uh, and this is at a land speeder, like, we're looking at 20 minutes here from getting from the starport to kind of where, like, the homestead is. Because we're going over, first, the rest of the industrial section, or at least part of the industrial section, 
some of the forest areas that like your family's left intact just for the scenery. And Oscar explains it like, so your majesty, we've got you set up in uh, one of our guest houses. And he looks at this, and he's like, and we've got the rest of you set up in a second one, so you'll have that to yourselves. Mama renovated your room, so. <laughs> again? I, I didn't get my own one again? She, she wanted a sun room and a study. What can I say? I, I suppose it wouldn't be the right time to be asking Daddy if we couldn't put my... Yeah. I wouldn't recommend yeah. that. <laughs> I just killed him down with a beer and take a sip. Beck is super thrilled from this, considering he's used to being in, like, the workhouse or, like, a work barracks. Bar- oh, yeah. Yeah, but right now you're a guest with him. So. Yeah, yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> and so as the land speeder kind of crests over a hill and it comes down onto this picturesque estate that has got this beautiful, wide, curving lake behind it as a backdrop. And in the center of it, now it's, it's gated off, too, even from the rest of the compound itself. But as you pass through the gates, it's rolling green hills that lead down to, you can see a, a central mansion at the back center, and that's the biggest building of them all. And you know that that's your dad's house. That's the family estate. But dotted along, you can kind of see everyone now and then, and they're spaced out enough that you might all not always spot all of them, like, through a cusp of trees or over a rolling hill or anything like that. But you notice a number of other houses, all of varying sizes, all fairly extravagant to a certain extent. And in fact, as you're passing by, one of the ones that's uh, just a bit further off to the side, but the road kind of loops just enough that you need to look at the front porch, you do notice a, a woman outside who looks to be cooking away on something of a barbecue, and uh, you recognize it as Kirsten Stora, uh, Elias's wife. And that's mm-hmm. that particular house is Elias's family home. And you guys are brought to what looks to be following the same aesthetic. Now, all of these houses are a combination of wood, stone, glass, and metal. So they've got a very rustic look to them. And you guys pull up to one, and these two houses are fairly close to each other. Picture a large lawn in between them rather than an acre or something like that. And these are the two guest houses, and they are gorgeous. Like, we're talking, like, wood columns that hold things up that are, like, you know, polished mahogany the kind of cabins that you see people like George Bush in, in his pre- like famous photos. And Oscar kind of pulls up to the guest house and he points out which one has been reserved for Prince Valen and which one is for you guys. And, you know, as he's like, now, we are at a particularly high point of business at the moment, so I can only spare so many to man the houses as staff. So I'm afraid you folks are on your own, aside from a, a servant droid that we've got set up in you for there. No. And then he motions to the prince. He's like, now you, sir, we have fully set up staff for your convenience, as you are a guest of our family at this particular time. You can't see Valen kind of like nods graciously, but is is a bit uncomfortable with that. <laughs> so, letting you guys into the house, and it's just as extravagant on the inside as it is on the outside. High ceilings that lead back into, you know, a, a kitchen that's all like very like polished obsidian countertops. Goes into an open concept living room that has giant window walls that kind of look out onto the back deck that then look out into the ocean, like onto the, the riverfront. Any of you get your own room, which are all massive bedrooms with queen-sized beds. Even the droid has one for some reason. Obi is also not going to be walking at his full seven-foot height around the Dolo family. He will always be shorter than the shortest Dolo. <laughs> which is me at 6'1". Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so at this point, Oscar, you know, smiles as he's, you know, he's finished giving you guys the tour of the house. And he's like, now, Pap should be back later this afternoon. And I think he's going to want to have a chat with you at least, uh, brother. But here... <laughs> but question does he refer to him as our mother or to her as our mother oh Oscar yeah uh, refers to Charlotte as Mammy yeah <laughs> he's <laughs> Mammy's favorite boy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the fact that he married in <laughs> now Mammy's insisting that you all join us for supper this evening and uh you'll be following that rule if you know what's good for you that's not a threat for me that's just a warning <laughs> 
Yeah, anything else I can help you folks with before I, I get back to my own businesses? No, I think that was that was everything we need. Thank you very much. It's, we appreciate your hospitality very much. Of course. And then he claps a hand on the prince and is like, come on, your highness, show me around your house. And takes Valen to the other guest house. Mighty kind, Oscar. See you around. <laughs> and before Valen leaves, I say, if you need anything, we're right here for you. And kind of nods, uh, still a bit numb, says, thank you. Smiles. So as soon as he's out of a Veer shot, I kind of look over and just be like, uh, what exactly did you think you were going to be able to offer him by being right here? I don't know. Okay, just as long as you understand that that is the utmost of pleasantries. He is a guest of the ranch now. He'll be well provided for and taken care of for, but that's that's between him and what deals he can cut here. If he needed to leave or something to change, we ain't got much pull anymore. It was more a friendly offering of I, friendship. Good, good. Good. I did not mean to, to question the... <laughs> nah, y- y- Yank uh, questioning nothing. I just, uh... The ranch is an interesting place. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of give a nod and just head over to the fridge and kind of pull it open to see. <laughs> Start rooting through. Jack is going to try to put his arm around Jed and point towards one of those big open windows that has you can see the water from. You're like, see right there! There used to be all of these trees, and there was this big, terrible hill. Just, there was an awful view. You couldn't see anything. You should have seen what it took me to clear that out. <laughs> and just kind of <laughs> trying not to laugh really obnoxiously. Just like... <laughs> me and the boys referred to that as the second sunset. <laughs> second sunrise. <laughs> Jack starts laughing. He just he can't hold it anymore. Yeah. That's, that river, that was a kilometer away before. <laughs> That's great work. <laughs> Thank you very much. So have you finished your beer? Would you say I, I put well, it? I put it down on the counter there. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> at the point where you actually finish your beer, Obi's going to hand you the second beer you win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Obi. <laughs> Gar's not even got a clue in that it's the same beer. <laughs> like, oh, it's a little warm. And just keeps picking through the fridge and stuff. So I suppose we should send sort of message back to the rebellion. Let him check in. Let him know where we're at. Yeah, that would be best. Um... We have a hardened comms line near the homestead. I can take you there. Sure, that would be that would be great. Oh, so man. I figure at this point I probably have a hoagie because I've been like motioning to the servant droid to make me a sandwich as I've been. So I have a beer and, and a sandwich now. <laughs> and I suspect that the servant droids have probably figured out what it means when I start like flapping at them and pointing at things. Gar <laughs> Gar has friends over. <laughs> yep. And as soon as it's done, and she says yes, I'm gonna just gotta literally clink the beer on the droid and say thank you, and then keep going. <laughs> So you guys heading there now, or are you just in there and talking about I was planning on wandering that way unless somebody said or did something that stopped me. Oh, and I'm going with them because that's what I want to do also. Would there be a um, planet range comm in this building? Not hardened, but... Yep. Uh, I should probably call my parents just to check in. Oh, out of character, do you know what your mom's name is? I do. It is Lan. Okay, I figured just because of how, like, intrusive Gar is, he probably knows Lan's name. Yep. So she'd be like, oh, say hi to Lan for me. I'll make sure that she knows. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, this time, instead of getting the, the salute with the, the beer, you kind of get the salute with the sandwich. <laughs> the lettuce floats away. <laughs> Good luck, man. <laughs> Sorry, nod to Cass. Cass and Gar head out the front door and start walking down the road to the main house. Is Gar safe on the ranch? From all experience that Obi-Wan has, absolutely yes. Okay. 
Have I been told not to follow you? No. no, you haven't been told not to follow me. Excellent. I am following her. <laughs> Duras voice. What are you doing? What's that him? Calling his mother. <laughs> Honestly, my first thought was probably maybe to see if I could, like, tap into the, uh, public. I'm assuming they had, like, an intranet or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe just pop, like, just tap into it, just to, like, see what I can find out. Yeah. Maps. I mean, they've got terminals in this house, yeah, and your yeah. wireless is set up for oh, sure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 7G. <laughs> just to get my bearings. And, uh, Jad will be sort of going through the same sort of internet-type system, but he's looking for places to go have fun. So the Dola Family Homestead, which is on the Dola Family Ranch, which is part of the Dola Family Compound, uh, is not that far away overall from Coronet City, which is the capital city of Corellia. So far and away, if, if by fun you mean nightlife, that's where you want to go. Okay. Now that said, even as you're flipping through, every once in a while, like, because you know how, like, on the internet when you're looking for, like, top-notch night spots of London or that kind of stuff, like, you'll catch articles that are a few months or a year old. Every once in a while, you'll catch an article about one of the younger scions of the Dolo family throwing these massive parties at the ranch that have been, like, like the talk of the town yeah. for months. Or, like, you know, like, TMZ will get a shot of some celebrity naked by mistake. Like, nice. <laughs> Prince Harry goes to Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, <laughs> but right on the ranch, yeah. yeah. I'm assuming, like, Davik and uh, Jad would have been, like, sort of doing this <laughs> near each other, so you'd probably be like... Nudge me, I was like, oh man, check this out. <laughs> yeah. um, and then also pretty much answers your question of bearings and stuff. And that year, you know, you're on a, a river coastline and I'm going to have a map to look at. And you're not too far away from the capital. Generally speaking, it's a, a temperate forested area. Although to the north, there is a bit of a, like a small mountain range. And in fact, that actually is where part of the border of the Dolo family property goes. Which you would know is actually where your father is right now. Because it's up in that secluded forest area, which is where the cabin is. Which is its own mini compound, and that's where they go hunting. I would imagine that Jad and Davik would probably have, you know, had a race or something on, on Corellia at some point. So I'm assuming we've probably, like, been here before, but not as extensively as... Oh, probably. Yeah. I don't know. That's... Yeah. I'll leave that more to you, actually, than to me. Yeah. Well, I would say it would be likely, particularly yeah. if somehow you attracted the attention of the, um speed racer enthusiasts in my family. Yeah. Yes. However, that does mean that you are closer to the source of your bounty. Well, his bounty. I mean, we're, we're in the lion's den when it comes to my, my uh, obligations. Yes. So. Yes. yes. Well, yeah, the two of us. Yeah. 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 I have to admit, I don't really know your mother's character enough that I can roleplay that for you. That, that is fine. Have you watched Seinfeld very much? Kind of. Okay. I mean, give it a shot, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Like, just the idea of, like, anytime anything is wrong, the mother is like, your son is in jail again. (laughs) When he's in jail, he's my son. (laughs) Uh, High expectations, but always, like, commenting on not reaching those expectations sort of thing. Like, oh, so uh, are you still working for that guy? It's like, yeah, I got a real job. (laughs) Really nasally comparisons to the sister. (laughs) Your sister called me. We talked for 40 minutes about her latest promotion. <laughs> when was the last time you called? I forget. <laughs> Two weeks ago, Mom. <laughs> please roll, please. This is going to make me so happy. <laughs> Alright, so you call home. And it's on you know, the fourth or fifth ring. <laughs> That's your... Yes! Hello? Hi, Mom. It's your, your second favorite son. Second? I don't have a second... Vec? Vec, is that you? I love you too, Mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought you were dead. It's been so long since I've heard from you. Where have you been? I'm still... You remember that great job that I got working for the Dolos? I'm still working for the Dolos. 
I haven't heard you talk about anything about that since you... What, what did you do? You, you, you blew up a pond, did you tell me? That was... They told me to blow up the pond. Look, it was a job. It's not like the other things. Yeah, uh, you and your, your firecrackers and, and, and you blew up a pond. What did that do, huh? Hmm? Uh, that earned me some money. That's what that did, Mom. I'm calling <laughs> to say that I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm in system. I'm here right now. Oh, I that's... figured I'd call to talk to my mom. Oh, that's sweet of you, dear. Thank you very much. I mean, it wouldn't be too much for a mother to ask to hear from her son every now and then, but I'm glad you're thinking about me. Gara says hi. <laughs> you remember Gara? He's the one that I'm working with now. Working with? I thought you were working for him. I like to think that I'm working with him now, Mom. Yeah, well, what you think doesn't pay words now, does it? <laughs> okay, maybe maybe I'm not really on the same pay grade, but I, I'd say we're working, I'm working with him. So, oh. you know... So, so you got a promotion then? Uh, sort of, yeah. We're we're doing some some different work, but so, sort of. What is sort? How do you sort of get a promotion? Look, mom, <laughs> I don't want to talk about money over the cons. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. I, I haven't gotten into any trouble. Really? I actually haven't gotten into any trouble. I don't. Fine, fine. I know. I would never think that my baby boy would be lying to his mother. Have you met any girls yet? Have you settled down yet, honey? I worry about you. Look, the, the dolo is keeping me working. I'm a busy guy. Fine, I guess. Fine. Look, I, I know. I'm sure there'll be grandchildren at some point. That's something you don't need to be worrying about right now, Mom. So okay, I'd hate to die without any grandchildren. I know. We'd all be super sad if you died, Mom. <laughs> like, look, I'm doing everything I can. I'm working hard. Alright, so, so so tell me about this last job you had. What what was that doing? Uh, it was just, you know, more of the same, just clearing out stuff for for uh, the dolos. Oh, so you're a janitor, okay. <laughs> it's not like that. Look, I'm not getting in any trouble and I'm working for the dolos. Isn't that great? Oh yeah, Tony, that's that's fine. Have you talked to your sister lately? No, I haven't talked to my sister lately. Oh, why not? She misses you. I'm sure she calls home all the time, does she? I'm sure she's kept busy, too. She finds all sorts of time to call back. How busy is she, do you think? Oh, very busy. You know, she just got a, a new project with her firm. She's very excited about it. I didn't hear anything about it. Oh, yes. You, it's given down from the diktat itself. Can you imagine that? Our baby girl working with the diktat. I'm so proud. <laughs> Tell her I said hi. <laughs> I will, honey. <laughs> Look, I'll call back. Just... If anything else comes up, and are both parents alive? Yeah. Okay. They uh, run a like junk trade shop, so <laughs> the dad is probably just off at the shop somewhere. Right. <laughs> well, I'll tell your father that you called. Good, good, and make sure that he knows I'm not getting into any trouble. Well, this isn't one of those other calls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell him, dear. Don't you worry. Are you gonna come visit soon? I'll, I'll see what I can do. You know, uh, I might. I'll I'll talk to Gar. It'll be okay. If, if I can, I mean, again, I'm really busy, but if I can, we'll come and drop by. All right. All right. Well, it's, it's always nice to talk to you, Mom. It's always nice to hear from you, dear. I worry about you. I know, I know. And thank you for all the help you've always been given. Yeah, you know, we could... Your father and I could put the money together if you wanted to go and, and, and maybe, you know, get some accounting courses or something like that. You've always had a head for math. You'd be good at accounting. 
I've got a good job now, Mom. I don't know. Good job it is being one step above being someone's manservant, as far as I can see. Following that dolo boy all around the galaxy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's actually just around. So, uh, you know, sorry, Mom, but yeah, you know, duty calls. All right, dear. Have a good, you, you take care. Is there anything on the console that is something akin to like slamming a phone down? Yeah. Why I call home? <laughs> that would have also probably, no matter where you were in the house, depending on how loud that got, probably been an earshot of Jad and Davik too. <laughs> All right. So uh, for Cass, Gar, and, and Zero B One, you make your way down the pathway to the main house which is a sort of a three-wing and looks like a three-story house, too, as well. Again, similar kind of rustic architecture style. So, as we're walking and I'm stress-eating and drinking, basically, <laughs> you're just going to be like, so, I know we got to check in with the Rebellion. I want to check in with the Rebellion, but we, we're probably going to have to do something about um, paying back my daddy for all the, the help that we've taken from him. Yes, I'm going to give a bit of a swallow and drink some more of the beer and just be like, all right then. So I'm just going to you know, walk in and point out the, the hardened comms. All right, so, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of on a side annex of the house, I assume. You know, it's got, there's probably a door in there from the house, but you can also enter from the outside. Yeah, I, I would expect as much because, I mean, like, I could see this being necessary for, like, high-level managers necess- needing to make uh, industrially secret calls as well as the personal calls of the family kind of thing. Yeah. So... Now, despite the fact that this is a hardened line, you know full well that there are three people that are going to be... Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to tell her that. No, same. <laughs> <laughs> I am saying this so it does not look like me, the GM, is pulling something over on you, the player. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, in my mind, the only person on this ranch who could bring you a call without the triplets knowing about it is probably Deedlin and myself. And maybe Till. Maybe Falnot, considering his... Yes, yes. Fair yeah. enough. But, yeah. That's kind of where I was thinking. Yep. Alright, so yeah, uh, Hardened Comm Line is there. Um, it's, you know, and you're ensured that it is encrypted and you can call and speak freely. Alright, so I call. I'm just kind of, like, hanging out in the room. Horizon base. Alright. Yeah. Set the beer down on a shelf somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Obi. Alright, so uh, it takes a few minutes to go through and your call is going to bounce through a number of different, like, routers and proxies. Until finally a uh, particularly grainy and uh, staticky hologram of Captain Colmar appears in front of you. Captain Colmar, sir. Nice to see you again. Flight officer. Hooey! You should tell us to get you some comm equipment, sir. <laughs> Gar says hi. <laughs> Colmar just kind of gives like a... There's a trace of annoyance, but it's, it's mostly just like a good nature. Like, hi, Gar. <laughs> Howdy. I'm just going to go back to eating the hoagie. <laughs> So, sir, we have succeeded in our mission, and I believe you must have heard the goings-on of... Yes, we have. So, um, we currently have Prince Valen with us here. You have what? Who? Prince Valen. The crown prince of Onderon, sir. Yes, Gar, I I understand. (laughs) I'm sorry, all of our intel has said that he's dead, so... Yes. (laughs) He's not. We have him. He's hidden away here on the Dolo Ranch on Corellia. Oh, that's excellent news. Is he safe? He is. Gar's gonna look startled for a moment and take his hat off and hope nobody notices. 
Because you're eating because you're indoors? No, because I'm talking to a superior officer and I have a shitty <laughs> vigilance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and he kind of nods. Sh- shouldn't you take your hat off when you talk to me, then? You're a combat officer and we're not typically in dress uniform. <laughs> you convince Guard to get into a dress uniform and then... <laughs> Fair enough. He kind of nods, he's like, that's excellent news. And he kind of looks emotions towards Gaius and says, despite Gaius' completely accurate claims, the prince's uncle has claimed the throne of Andron at this time. Yes, we expected that as much. As you said, everyone thinks he's dead because he was supposed to be executed. We, uh, we worked with the rebel team there and we were able to escape mostly unnoticed. And so now it is imperative that we spend some time here on the Dolorant just to sort of situate ourselves. We will be returning eventually, but we... We need to be right by my pappy. Yes. We had to pull some strings to get the prince off planet. At this point, Colmar's eye does cock a bit, and he's like, Are you asking for a leave of absence? This doesn't exactly sound like a rebel operation. I guess, yes, that would be the correct thing to say, unless there are things that could be taken care of here. But we owe a lot to the family, and so it's imperative that we make right by what we've what we've asked them for. Colmar kind of stops for a moment, and, he, and you can see his brain processing through a certain amount of things, and kind of glances over at Gar. You'll forgive me for breaking away from the chain for a second here, flight officer. Mr. Dolo. Yes, sir? Estimate a price tag for me. Well, why are you looking to pay it in? I want to understand just how much is owed at the moment. Out of character, he knows not necessarily the specifics of my family, but he knows what my family is, right? He knows what your family is, and he also knows that... While your family contributes members and supplies to the rebellion, that they do not do it openly. Mm -hmm. But yes, he is aware of of what the Dola family is. We uh, had to pull some uh, resources out of the finances. We had to pull some resources out of the dictate. We had to pull some resources out of the Merchant's Guild. We have a ship registered high-ranking into the Merchant Guild. That's how we got through the blockade. And so one of my brothers had to get involved in that. We ended up had to extend a line of credit. He kind of nods and holds up a hand. Thank you. And then he kind of, you yes, know, sir. then looks back towards Cass, rubs his chin for a moment. Flight officer, I don't have the authority to sanction leave of absence for that many people at this time. With that said, he kind of smiles a bit to himself. At the moment, I am still waiting for reports to come in from Adamitrim's team on Onderon about the situation there. I don't have any missions in particular that I am ready to send your team on. And we have the unexpected asset of Prince Valen, who I need to be kept safe. So as such, your team's current orders until... Well, until I change them, but feel free to check in with me regularly. Yes, sir. But at the moment, your team's current orders are to stay on Corellia and ensure the safety of Prince Valen. Yes, sir. Whatever else you do, I leave that up to your discretion. Thank you, sir. Before you sign off, sir... Mm-hmm. I kind of look over at her and just be like, don't be too hard on her if it don't come out all right. My daddy's meeting with the prince tonight. kind of nods and he's like, I understand. All right. And at this point he kind of looks up and he goes, Flight officer, even from the preliminary reports that we've received from Andron, your team did good work. Normally speaking, the Alliance would want to equip you as best we can. Well, given the situation and how hard it is to get rebel assets to Corellia... I'm going to have a certain amount of credits transferred to each of your team members. Supply yourselves. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. And one more thing. You haven't heard anything about my brother yet, have you? No, I apologize. 
Commander Dadgis has been looking and keeping an ear to the ground for it, but we have our own projects that at the moment that they're working towards. All right, thank you, sir. Not a problem. Just to let you know, considering the success that your team has had in this mission and in the previous ones, the Alliance Command has an eye on you, on your whole team. There's things in the future for you. Thank you, sir. All right. You know, between protecting a prince and doing whatever you need to do to keep the powerful Corellian family happy, make sure your people get some R&R. Will do, sir. Horizon out. And then it cuts off. I'm going to put my hat back on and just kind of look. He's like, what's wrong with your brother? Oh, nothing. He's just... I lost touch with him about five years ago. And... Oh, that's a long time for family ain't to be talking. Why is that? I'm going to motion towards the door as I'm kind of walking and talking. And I'll follow you. <laughs> It's, it's your beer. <laughs> well, it's empty. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why I wake or I'll waste a receptacle at some point along the way. Yeah, so I'm going to drop them. Yeah, it's... When we were kids, we always said we were going to join the rebellion together. He became of age before I did, as he's older than me. And so he left home, and I have not heard from him since. And I do not know if it is because something has happened to him or what. So... Well, was he serving in the rebellion? I don't know if that was his intention when he left. I have not communicated with him. The last time I saw him was at my parents' farm five years ago, and I do not know where he is. So every chance I get, you know, I've been asking around, but I'm... <sighs> this is a personal matter, and I'm sorry for bothering you with this. We, we should continue on with... Oh, shucks, Cast. Ain't nothing. I give you a slap on the shoulder. Just be like, we're supposed to be comrades in arms. Hell, if you want, I could see if I might be able to run a couple searches on him for you. That would be really nice. I I would yeah. greatly appreciate that. Well, I gotta talk to my brother later, and I might be able to bring it up to him there. I kind of pause, I kind of tripping over my words, like, but depending on how my conversation with my daddy goes, that conversation with my brother might not happen. Understanding. Yes, thank you. Wh- whatever you can do, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you. The triplets do good work. We'll see what you can get you. <laughs> Yeah, Jamie, how long have we been away from Corellia? Because we joined the Rebellion, like, so is this a year, two years, three years? When did you remember when you joined the Rebellion? Before or after the Death Star blew up? Probably right around the same time. So it'd be about a year. About a year? Okay. The youngest would have been, uh, at the time we left, would have been uh, my two-year-old niece, Nadine. Okay. Is there any that are six or seven? At the time we left, or now? Yes. <laughs> okay, current ages now, I have a niece who's five, a niece who's seven... A nephew who's six. Niece who's seven. Okay, a niece who's seven. Does she have a personality to that? Not fully, no. Okay. Why? I've got a, a scene in my head for Obi. Yeah? Uh, it involves a tutu. Yeah, so named after the matriarch of the family, so it's Sherlock, but it's S-H-A-R apostrophe L-O-T-T-E. Okay. Because that would be her grandmother's name, uh, which is Gar's mother's name. Okay. Uh, is Bertie on the compound, or does she live with her husband somewhere? She's one of Oscar's kids. Yeah, Edge of the Compound, because she married uh, Ignatius, and that brought a lot of the land in, and so... Would she and her 14 kids be invited to the giant family dinner? Yes. Okay. Anybody on this list, if Dietlum has a biological relationship to him, they are at the dinner. Well, yeah, but some of them, like, it's listed that some of them are, like, in Coronet or off-planet, right? Like... No, no, if they're in Coronet, they're coming back home for dinner. Alright, so... (laughs) Essentially, the only one that I see so far that wouldn't be there is Lottie, because she's off being a pirate for the Rebellion. Well, there are other ones, like... Well, you've already established that, um... Falmot is on-planet. Elias, you said that he was on-planet? Yep. 
Okay, so I mean, he often goes off planet because of his work, but yeah, you've already said he's on. Victor? Uh, I haven't established one or another yet. High ranking member of the Merchants Guild, so he would often be off planet, but. Well, actually, Victor would. I think this was the one that helped out, uh, <laughs> these two and got them set up with the loan and got them into the rebellion. Right. Jurgen has the bounty on him, doesn't he? No, the cousin has the bounty on him. I'm trying to remember what we did now. It's been back and forth. Uh, I was under the impression that Harbrett was the one that put it on. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because yeah. yeah. we were supposed Probably to lose the race. Yeah. And we didn't. Yeah. Okay. So I would say it is unlikely that Harbrett is here, but it is probably likely that Jurgen is here. Alright. And so Jurgen would be the business partner of Harbrett, but not specifically the one who put the bounty out. Yeah. So I'm looking at roughly, what, 24 people then? Give or take, yeah. Yeah, okay. Not including us? Not including you, no. Dude, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it is 24, like, well-built, statuesque people because they've been genetically modified to be no shorter than 6 feet for a man and 5'8 for a woman. <laughs> there there might be some difference in the women for, like, the ones that have married in. Oh, yeah, and like, some, of the, some of the other guys have married in, too. Yeah. Yeah, so. because uh, Ignatius uh, yeah. married in. Yep. Elias married for love, too, so she's probably... She might she be. is specifically much shorter, and I, yeah. I mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hi. Yeah, but, <laughs> I'm just gonna well, stand on a chair. No, because I mean, she's very self-conscious about it. Because I mean, Elias married for love, and the person he married actually is outside of the parameters that Dietlam ever would have picked. How tall is she? Uh, she is five four and very dark skinned. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. This is kind of reminding me. Uh, if anyone watches How I Met Your Mother, any of the episodes where Lily goes on to Marshall's family and is just like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> So, uh, we are picking back up. You guys are now, I su- assume, heading back towards your guest house? Or, sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not going anywhere else. Right. Now, those credits we got, was that just hand-waving for us to get our get yes. item? Okay, that's what I thought. So, as we're walking back, Cass says, So, this dinner... Yep. Am I under the impression that it is a big deal? I kind of look you up and down, but, wheel. You'll get to see me in a nice white pressed collar shirt. <laughs> Is, are the rest of us expected to conform to some sort of standard? Well, I reckon I don't care much, but I suspect that my pappy would think that you are the guests of the seventh wealthiest family on the planet and should act in accordance. You guys are only the seventh wealthiest people on this planet? Well, <laughs> that's what you took away from that. <laughs> no, that, that that's counting the family's assets together, right? Because the actual uh, executive of the the diktat actually makes the laws, so he, his family quite wealthy, and the, the president of the merchants guild, he he actually establishes contract law, so his family's quite wealthy, and. I understand. It it goes on like that. Well, I suspect, based on my own limited possessions and what I've seen the rest of the team have with them, we potentially could use some assistance with uh, dressing appropriately for the dinner tonight. Yep. Who would I speak to about that? I reckon the servant droid would probably be your best bet. Um, This might be a mite awkward, but... I had my uh, bigger sister sit down and uh, point out a few things for me, and I just kind of transfer those around. All right. Well, it's kind of give a nod. Just be like, 
I know what I'm supposed to wear, and Lottie was Lottie was mighty kind with that, and so it's it seems to work. I, I ain't ruffling feathers, but I think the servant drove it. Oh, we yes, sir. When the guests want to be put in touch with the seamstress, who do they gun down talk to? You would know as a, a total servant droid. Um, that in various situations, the family's network would either contact the seamstress to sort of come in and tailor something for someone, or Coronet City's not alone. Like, that's a that's an hour trip at most away. It's going to get there and back. And actually, it's probably less than an hour once you actually factor in, like, airspeed or time and travel. So, But I guess in my thought, there's going to be four, five people who need to be mm-hmm. dressed up, and so more likely than not, either the seamstress has been contacted. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're going to be here. <laughs> right? At least that, if I'm getting the... Yeah, I figured that Oscar probably would have... Made like something contact already? Right? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, hell, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time we got back to the house that the, there wasn't, like, a blinking, like, notice message on the servant droid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the seamstress has been waiting for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All of actually, as a matter of fact, almost all of the glass surfaces in all of the houses on the Dolo Ranch are very like Avengers Stark Tech of like, and there's a panel whenever you want it. Hollow Tech built into the glass often happens. So yeah, you'd like walk in and on the glass would be like. <laughs> Dad would love that. Okay, so Jad would probably use it to watch porn on the gigantic like wall, <laughs> the see like floor to ceiling window to the bath. So do I come home and have him watching porn? No, well, I'm in my own room. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there would be, like, server blocks and firewalls set up when people try and do that kind of stuff on, like, surfaces that are easily viewed from both sides. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> well, he'd still try. <laughs> Alright, so we arrive at the house. <laughs> you do. And uh, just as you guys are kind of walking up the front steps, a, a rugged land speeder makes its way in through the gates to the compound and uh, is slowly making its way down towards the main house. And if you spotted it, before it made it through the gates, you would have noticed it came from the north area. Daddy's home? <laughs> yep. I kind of, like, clear my throat and pretend not to notice it. <laughs> Alright, boys. So we're expected to be at dinner, and we're expected to be well-dressed. I look around. I'm gonna disappear up to my room for a little bit and try to find the old clothes that Lottie and I have determined that these are acceptable clothes for a dress function. <laughs> of course, the pictures that I drew of both yeah. Jad and uh, Davik are pretty much what we're wearing right now. Yeah. Before oh, I'm wearing this. Zach is gonna try to combat. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, boss, I've been I've been talking to my mom, and I'm I'm wondering if it would be okay. If uh, they could come to dinner as well, I'd, I don't know if that would be something that you guys can offer, but it would go a long way in our family. Um, I don't think tonight is going to be a good night for that. Right? That's okay. I didn't tell them that they were coming. That's fine. I'm pushing some boundaries now as is. <laughs> okay. This is probably the most uncomfortable that you guys have ever seen Gar. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Gar is the guy who is fine punching a customs agent. It'd be sort of an odd mix of, like, super comfortable, mm-hmm. but, like, super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because most of the uncomfortable side of this whole thing has nothing to do with Vec, really, mm-hmm. He's just starting to get maybe a little bit too used to living in high society. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey, can my mom come too? <laughs> yeah. 
Mm. So I'm just gonna disappear so, up to the room. Yeah. So what time is, is dinner? Dinner is roughly gonna be at 7 p.m. So I want you boys all cleaned and dressed and ready to go here at 6.30. And uh, Gar is right, in fact. There is a, uh, a seamstress and tailor droid that has been waiting in the corner for 20 minutes now. Ready to fit anyone who needs fitting. I almost picture like the fact that you and I, well, I guess Beck as well, Davik would have probably just been like reluctant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The way I pictured it is like it's like a flight suit with like the leather coat over top of it, that kind of Yeah, thing. sort of like, oh, I like to say, like, yeah. I, the way I sort of pictured uh, Jad's stuff was more of like a racer. Yeah. Like his jacket was like the yeah. armor. Armored kind yeah. of. Now, keep in mind though, there's something throughout there for you. If Jad had a successful career, then he would have done the galas and the openings and the award ceremonies. Like, yeah, but I just got off of a starship. Oh yeah, I'm not saying you, yeah. I'm not saying you'd own one. Oh, but yeah, I'm saying true. that like a tux, or, like, that that that's actually true. would be fairly standard wear for you at certain points. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm comfortable. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Beck actually oh. took the opportunity. He's basically never worn anything nice, so the yeah. fact that this is going to be thrown out on him, like he's probably gonna, I don't know, sell it later or something. But actually, oh man, I bet you anything. There is no way in hell that I am allowed to wear pants. Like, <laughs> you know what? That's this is going to be interesting. But I that's you, actually. Yeah, you know what? No, I like that better. Actually, he's going to be really comfortable dressed. No, it depends because some of the some of the women would be wearing pants. It depends what you're how you're trying to present yourself, kind of thing. Right? Don't think evening gala. Think Sunday best. So, like when Gar comes back down ten minutes later, he is literally pressed white shirt. Weirdly blue blue jeans, a bolo tie, no hat, and combed hair. Yeah. Awesome. I, I don't know that I've ever seen your hair. <laughs> well, I, I fall asleep sometimes. Where's your hat, boss? It's yes. on my gun. Obi is going okay. to have brought to him an old but well pressed, basically tux and top hat. <laughs> I have no problem with this. <laughs> I get the feeling that Obi has some eccentric eccentricities that, like, the Dolo family has just been like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, I, I guess, with the Dolo family, there, there's one of the younger ones, Charlotte, who I picture, like, doing dance lessons. Yep. And being like, Obi, go dance. <laughs> and so, like, the tox in the top hat is, like, stereotypical, like, yep. you're learning how to dance. <laughs> Which is funny, because her father, Olaf, the thing I worked out for him was... Born into the lap of luxury, Olaf has never had a want for anything. His concept of strife and challenge has been passed on to him by his parents and siblings. Educated by private tutors in the ranch, he still had chores, but, you know, yeah, yeah, so it's just basically, go play with my daughter. (laughs) So then as the the tailor droid makes itself available to those who are taking him up on these fancy clothes, a notice flash opens itself up on one of the windows. Uh, Are you upstairs? You're downstairs at this point? Yep. Okay, so it comes up on one of, like, the massive living room windows, Mm -hmm. and it says, you know, R-E dot dot A-T. TN, re-attention, Gardola. Who's the from line? It says main house. I reckon I should take this upstairs. <laughs> oh, it's just a, like a, a notification message. <laughs> tap it in, it says that your presence has been requested in the office of Dietlum immediately. <sighs> I do the, the Picard shirt starting there. And just like, <laughs> well, <sighs> Obi, you want to take him to the dinner hall the, at the right time? Certainly, sir. I'm picturing, like, a, a little cane. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just extends into the same slot you keep your swords. <laughs> I'm going to uh, log into the uh, ranch network and call for a car to take me up to the main house. No. Out of character. I don't think that Dietlum would ever raise his voice at Gar in the presence of strangers, but I take it that's why I'm being called alone. <laughs> because, again, he's this whole charming southern gentleman. 
in public. I so, won't lie, sorry, I sort of picture him as being a lot like, imagine Leonardo DiCaprio's character from Django Unchained, but well into middle age. Maybe some of the mannerisms? I mean, I haven't watched all of that movie. You've got to remember that this guy is an ex-Special Forces colonel. So, I mean, as much as, yes, he has servants, he has power ambitions, and he manipulates people, he also can kill you with his thumb. Okay. In, in his mind, the idea of requiring a servant to do something for you that you couldn't do for yourself if you had to mm. is a recipe for failure. My main idea for him, personality-wise, not necessarily physicality-wise, is Robert De Niro as Vito Corleone in Godfather 2. That's my main one. And take away the Italian mannerisms there. Like, Add some Texan. <laughs> yeah. Like, for the playwrights among us, Big Daddy and Cat in a Hot Tin Roof kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I'm just going to wait for my car and go. All right. So as you're uh, standing outside, kind of just as the car pulls itself up, uh, you actually notice Valen has made his way out of his own house uh, and is walking up the steps to yours. It seems to be heading to the front door. So he's passing you. Okay. And he's going where so? Into your guys' house. Your majesty? You know, he's like, Gar? How are you doing? Well, I uh, got called for a little uh, powwow with my pappy. I'm sure we get to see him again. Yep. Gotta pay the piper for the recent cab fare. And I kind of give a smile and a clasp on the prince there. (laughs) Yeah, he laughs, though he doesn't seem to quite get the joke. And then just, you know, as your car is playing, he's like, "Uh, is uh, Obi-Wan around? Should be inside. Thanks, bud. Alright, so you get in the car, and uh, so as Valen comes in, uh, who's being fitted for what? I figured Davik was probably the, you're the yeah. you're the showboat. <laughs> I figured my guy, like, I figured Davik was probably the kind of guy who, like, he'd do sort of the bare minimum style stuff, so probably, like, a blazer and, like, some, pa- like, nice pants. Oh, okay. But that's probably and pretty much it. Just, like, a, like a, probably a nice... I have a photo guy. <laughs> and I would have had them replicate some kind of alliance dress uniform. No? I would encourage against that on the Imperial held world. Oh, I, I don't think the seamstress bot would let you do it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know where you're coming from. That's something that popped in my head when Britt was talking about castle wear. Mm. But I really wouldn't recommend yeah, wearing the, the insurgent uniform. Yeah, I, almost, I almost get the feeling that, like, you tried that and then they would say, you know, like, access yeah. denied or something. Yeah. Yeah. So then you'd probably just, I would, I almost picture you just pay, thinking back to, like, one of your more grandiose days of mm. one of the gals we would have gone through. I, in my head, I'm picturing what Chris Hemsworth wore in Rush. Like that, those kind of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> like the open collar dress shirt, the nice fitting blazer, but yeah. you know, the kind of like, but still like not a tie. Yeah, yeah. the, the dashing yeah. but casual. Yeah, Cass knows exactly two ways of dressing in the very very simple farmer's daughter cotton dresses <laughs> yep. and army fatigues. So she's kind of looking at the bot going, I don't know. I don't know. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. And the bot business starts like questioning, well, what would my lady be interested in today? I have a wide variety of patterns and whatnot. I don't know. The latest fashion, perhaps. No. The bot's shoulder's going to sag. I apologize. I'm not good at this. <laughs> at this point, Valen has kind of entered the room and kind of has cocked an eye at the particular show of what's going on. It's like, is there... Greetings, your majesty. <laughs> Greetings, Obi-Wan. Oh. <laughs> and I'm so embarrassed that the prince just walked in. <laughs> Hello, your majesty. Um, sorry, we're preparing for the festivities this evening. and uh... I understand. I was just fitted myself, actually. <laughs> oh, I'm, I don't do this ever. So, yeah. Out of character, what do you want or feel that Cash should have for this? 
I figure she should. She's probably gonna wear a dress because she doesn't know how to be fancy for something without wearing a dress because she grew up in dresses. Right. So she's probably gonna go for like a some kind of simple dress. Right. But she doesn't know like patterns and colors, and she's like, oh, all my dresses I ever wore were white, <laughs> white cotton dresses. So uh, Valen actually is the one who kind of like gets a shrug and is like, white is too wedding. If I'm being honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> And even that, that particular <laughs> action kind of makes him stop for a minute. He's like, oh, shit, did I say the wrong thing? But then kind of goes to the droid's data pad and starts flipping through and uh, finds a, a sundress pattern that has like a, either like a shawl or a jacket or something with it. And it's not conservative, but also doesn't go like into like the like classy evening wear. Like this isn't like Oscar dress material kind of things. And, you know, flips through a couple and then takes a, a quick glance at you and kind of flips through a bit more. Uh, and then kind of like points to one. He's like... I'd recommend this one, and you know, passes the pattern over towards you and stuff. Yes. <laughs> I don't even look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and the droid's like, very good selection, sir. Uh, last season's in Valen's like, yes, yes, I'm aware. Thank you. And he kind of gives a smile and, you know, a, a shrug. And a bit of a sad look in his eyes, too. And he's like, my mother and I had to attend a number of these, so I've had more experience than you'd expect with fashion. Even he has a weird look on his face as he finishes that sentence. <laughs> Obi-Wan, I was hoping to speak with you for a moment. Certainly, sir. Alone, please. So uh, you guys step out into the back porch, essentially. Um, Obi-Wan, just so that I I understand this before I... I have a request, but I want to make sure it's within your parameters. Proceed. What's your main function? It takes longer for Obi-Wan to respond than most requests from Obi. Okay. But eventually ends up with... Training droid, main duty, protect Gaudola. His smile is like, excellent. Uh, I have had basic training in self-defense. Can you keep this between us? Certainly. Sooner or later, I'm going to need to, need to lead a rebellion on my home world. I'm not equipped for that yet. Can you train me to defend myself? Yes. Excellent. Can we start tomorrow? Certainly, sir. Thank you. All right, so your car pulls up to the main estate of the Dolo family house. Mansion ahead of you, and it's kind of like the you know steps that go up to the large doors. That's a patio on either side too. And I'm looking around to see whether or not he's dismissed the servants in the house. No. Uh, in fact, as you're walking past, you can even see the like the storm of controlled chaos in the kitchen, yeah. and briefly glimpse your mother almost. Directing it like a conductor mm-hmm. would as the the meal. Oh yeah, no, I don't. I don't mean in the entire house. I mean once I get in the wing where his office is. You notice that his secretary is still there. Okay. There's no one else though. Yeah. What's the secretary's name? Let's call her Valerie. Okay. As I kind of come up, I kind of give a, a nod and I sort of subconsciously reach for my hat before realizing it's not there. Just like Val, how you done, do? Not too bad, girl. Welcome home. Thank you. And I'm gonna give her a very gentle hug, kind of thing. She gives you a pat, and uh, Val's been with your father for a while now. She started as a rather young, you know, secretary and intern, and is you know, getting close to her 40th birthday at this point, but hasn't actually seemed to want to change her position in the company. She seems to quite enjoy yep. working as the personal assistant of, of Deedlum. Yep, and uh, that, that gentle hug is basically because some of the deference of my father has, she kind of, I, I picture she's probably occupied some of it in my mind. Oh, probably, She's yeah. been around for a while. Yep. She is very much a city-born person, though. She doesn't have the, the twang of the accent or anything and hasn't picked it up at any point. Yep. She's going to give a sponsor. He's waiting for you inside. <laughs> I reckon he is. <laughs> and I uh, 
And I uh, give a crack in <laughs> my neck and just be like, swing the door open and be like, howdy, pappy. And <laughs> as you go in just before your hand touches the door, Val gives you a sympathetic smile, a quiet, good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so she gives the good luck, the hand touches the door, just give a big wide smile, just be like, howdy, pappy. <laughs> All right, so describe to me Dietlum Dolo. Dietlum Dolo. I am picturing him as a man who, at this point, I think he's, what, 74? Mm-hmm. So he is standing at 6'3", and he possesses the frame of a man that used to be Corellian Special Forces. He's still kept it up, and he's obviously had some cosmetics done, but it's obvious to people of that level of medical technology. He's not like the fake cosmetic Botoxy things that we see today. Right. So he might have a little bit of loose skin around here kind of thing, but it doesn't look like that unnatural pulled stuff. He's still got the muscles on his frame, but again, he's getting older, so it's kind of hanging around the joints and things like that. If he just got back from hunting, he's... Well, I guess it depends. Has he moved into his power suit for the dinner, or is he still in his hunting gear? He's halfway in between, so like you know, the vest and stuff has gotten lost. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's got himself cleaned up, but he doesn't have, like, the, the suit and everything on yet. Yeah. He's the type of guy that, no, suits have to have padded shoulders because, you know, I am going to tell you how things go. His hairstyle, graying on the sides and what have you, is the hairstyle that is the model for the holograms that the triplets use for their hairstyle. It's that pointed... His is much more military regulation than the flourish that they put on theirs with the point. Right. But it's a very light point, a crew on the side, the, the head is down kind of thing, and piercing green eyes, I mean, tan skin, because again, like he's still on the ranch, he's still active, mm-hmm. still moving around, still doing what have you. So uh, Dillon is standing at the far end of his office, there's a desk in between you two, mm-hmm. uh, and a massive window behind him that looks out, sort of a, a three-panel window, mm-hmm. that looks out onto the riverbed as well. And this is actually going to be on the, the top floor. You know, if you were to look down, you'd be able to see, like, the back deck, sort of the property out there. And if you get close enough to the window, you can even see the servant's going to start to set up for the dinner outside. And he's got his hands folded behind his back, and he's looking out the window, and just kind of turns to slowly to regard you. He kind of gives an eye, he's like, Gar, good to see you. You too, Pappy? Shut the door, if you please. Yes, sir. Got a turd and close the door. Out of character. Is he going to be using the accent or not? <laughs> his accent was very slight. The accent that he puts on is just a ruse. Like, oh, okay. Like, his accent was very... Well, think George Bush Sr. Texan yeah. accent. It's yeah. pretty slight. Well, it sounds like you've had an interesting day. Or a few days, I should say. Yes, sir. I reckon I have. What exactly happened on Onderon? Well... Because as far as I can tell, I gave you... I don't know, it's to call it, but a mission. A directive, a request. I asked you to go for the rebellion, and then I get this call for you to me to bail you out? Well, Pappy, I suppose this wouldn't be the first time. I'm kind of... Gar's trying to play the humor, but it's obviously He's not going laughing. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be a very standard rebel mission, and, uh... The Empire, uh, we're fairly certain, arranged for an assassination to uh, put a coup in motion. And, uh, well, Pappy, I-, I-, I reckon that when they found themselves having to make a decision about keeping their monarch or not, I realized that you might have want of friendly monarch. Ah, so you did this for me. Well, no, Pappy, I did this for a lot of reasons. 
I, 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 I can't. I reckon I can't be dishonest with you. I don't want to say that it was purely for you, but I did think it was right. That kind of like you can kind of see he he doesn't let like, go of his anger, but it does kind of get taken back a step. But I'm like that. He thought it was right. God, you understand the risk that you put the family in with that? I had to get directly involved in a rebel mission. Yep. Now I don't want you questioning. My support for the Rebellion, because frankly speaking, my son fights for them. Yep. But if it came out at all to anyone in the Empire that I smuggled a terrorist off of the planet, well, a squad of terrorists, but the ones directly suspected in the assassination of their king, what that would do to us? Yes, Pappy. That that would be bad. (laughs) I know i got to make this right. (laughs) <laughs> I want to make this right for us. He sits down in his chair behind his desk, kind of leans back a bit, and then motions to one of the seats on the other side of his desk. And I'm sure it's probably the, the customary two inches lower kind of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of reach around for the, the lever thing, and I recognize that it actually doesn't go high enough to get there. <laughs> Tell me about the prince. What's he like? Well, I'm not sure he's got your mind, Pappy. He seems like a good fella. But he didn't seem to have no backup plan. And if and we didn't get him out of there, I think he, he truly would have been done dead. Kind of gives a shrug and a... He's an 18-year-old boy whose father just got killed in front of him. But I see what you mean. I tried to mention to him that he's, he's a, a, a leader in exile now. And, and, and that there are people in Corellia that could both help and hurt him with that. And, well... I I th- I think he he has never even had to think about it, and and Pappy, I know I wasn't always the best at book learning, but I I do remember you sitting me down with a tutor and having to think if and the the worst should happen and and the fate of the family fall to me I, I I do I do know what to do, and and well Pappy I I don't think his father had never done that, <laughs> and well. We 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 got him off. We 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 pulled him out, and and well, well, I I was the one who talked him out of customs. Um, he's a good boy, plays a decent hand of sabat, and I think I think he'd be useful. But he's gonna want to go back. Of course he is. All I right. don't think he's cut out to rule in exile. From your description, guard, it sounds like he's more cut out to rule in exile than he is to rule from his planet. Well, there's someone else on the throne. Yeah. He kind of like leans forward at this point. He's like, "You know, I had to get the triplets to slice into the Imperial Security Bureau for those papers to go through as fast as they did." Well, I reckon that'd be about right. I'm kind of thinking again, training computers, so I'm thinking about what they'd have to do. But (laughs) I wouldn't be able to do it myself. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, I understand. So what do I got to do to make this right? <laughs> oh, I haven't decided that yet. Partially because you're not, in fact, the only person involved in this, are you? You mean my, my friend, the uh, mechanic? Well, my records here state that uh, we transferred a rather large sum of money to him for the purchase of a ship. Yes, sir. I, I reckon the family did done that. Uh-huh. Tell me about him, this uh, Mr. Ulat. Well... He and, he and I don't talk too much. He he seems like a good fella. He's a great mechanic. Real good. Very loyal to his brother. I think that his loyalty to his brother probably is uh, 
first and foremost, motivation. Um, I think he's with the rebellion because he don't take too kindly to the empire. But I think that happenstance is what done brought him to it. All right then. This one, he kind of gets up and saunters over to like a, a mini bar on the side, pours himself a drink, and then motions the bottle towards you. If so, pours one for you, passes it over. It's uh, a whiskey. Kind of take a smell and um, Gar kind of thinks for a moment before taking a, like a, a deeper pull from it to kind of steady his nerves. <laughs> All right. So at this point, he sits down and takes another drink, and he's like, "You can't keep coming back to me for this kind of stuff, Gar." Well, I reckon that this is probably going to have to be the last time after this. What with you getting papers, I reckon that probably was a little closer than uh, you would have liked. <laughs> yes, for a few reasons. First off, we put the family and the company in jeopardy. Second of all, my son was on an imperial blockaded world with potentially the most dangerous man beside him. I need to think about exactly how you and Mr. Ulats are going to pay me back for this. I'm glad you're all right. It's good to see you, Pappy. Smiles a bit. It's good to see you, guy. Go. Get ready. Your mother's going to be furious if you're not pristine and proper for this dinner tonight. She's been prepping for it since we found out you were coming home. Kind of give a nod and transfer the drink to the left hand and extend a hand for a handshake. He shakes up. And give him a really like hearty, like, I wish I could hug you kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just be like, see you at supper, sir. All right. So you guys head out, or you head out, I should say, and head back up to the guest house, I'm assuming? No, for now, if I'm, I'm going to chill out and see if I can't be a pain in my mother's ass while stealing food. <laughs> we don't need to roleplay that. You can roll me a charm check, and, and oh, I'm going to say an easy charm check, and I'm going to give you a boost because it's your mom. Do you need any more than that? Oh, God. <laughs> um, man, it beats what I'd probably be getting. This is like the mom edition. <laughs> Star, Star Wars, the mom edition. <sighs> I failed, but I ended up scoring a net of three advantage. <laughs> so, I am going to take, if you don't mind, my advantage and flirt with the pretty young waitstaff that I haven't met yet. <laughs> That's alright. So, you know, you say hi to your mom, and she's happy to see you, and, you know, you get the big hug and that sort of stuff. Then sort of like, you know, I have to eat and, and, you know, you're, like, you're reaching for one of the cookies, and she's just like... Don't you even think about that until you've had your supper. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, the wooden spoon comes out and gets waggled in your face of like, now Gar. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm going to just follow one of the pretty weight staff. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to reach for one of the other cookies. You flirt very well with the pretty weight staff as well. <laughs> Hey, I'm a charming billionaire son who loves his mom. This looks good for me. Love those three advantages. <laughs> they haven't met you me yet. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Alright. So, anyone doing anything until the uh, the dinner tonight? I'm fussing with my hair. I presume I end up getting one of the droids to help me with my hair. Uh, Vec is looking to get a... Um... Because he's in a similar situation as Cass about not really knowing what is good clothes to get, but also having hung around with the Dolos a little bit, you sort of get a weird combination. So he has like a blue and white plaid shirt <laughs> with a uh, bolo tie and cufflinks with a little tee on them and jeans. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. What, you mean blazers and jeans don't always go together? Oh, yeah, and I got a big belt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
No, my sister talked me out of the belt buckle, unfortunately. Hell, we might have gotten, uh, gone out and gotten the belt buckles together. <laughs> <laughs> then my sister was like, don't do that. And you guys doing anything until? No. So, like, you're fussing with hairs or anything like that? I, I want to take a bunch of pictures of me in, like, good-looking outfit. So, eventually, to, again, show my mom, like, look, I'm doing fine. <laughs> like, see, I'm all done up. I'm not, yeah. Have you sent this to her yet? No. Okay. <laughs> Let me know when you do. I think David would probably, like, it wouldn't take him long to get ready. So then he'd just be sitting around, like, fidgeting in his blazer. And just, like... Just wondering what happened with uh, with Gar, because I mean, obviously, we all know like where he was going. And so. I feel like Jad would probably be like riffing on you for it. Like. <laughs> I also kind of picture you thinking about how much the clothes you're wearing cost. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's like there's a lot of yeah, calculation going on in my head. Oh yeah, Vec too, because I'm used to it. Poverty. It's like all right, if I don't eat for. How long do I not? Can I not go without food in order to pay off the most money I can? So if I only eat every three days, <laughs> yes, and I only eat one meal on that day, it's the Corellian version of craft dinner. <laughs> I've got nothing until dinner, and I will as soon as I receive where them help them to a table kind of thing, so that we're all sitting together. All right. So you guys are dressed in your various forms of dress. I, cu- I come down the stairs and I say, nobody say a word. I play a recording of a wolf whistle. You spend <laughs> way too much time with Gar. You beat From me Gar. <laughs> yeah, uh, Vec is going to blush a little bit. And then just look down and say, yes ma'am, sir, uh, ma'am. <laughs> so a, a car does pull up to the guest house to bring you to the other house for the dinner. <laughs> Gar didn't come back. So Gar went to talk to his dad and he didn't come back? What do you think that means? I guess we're about to find out. The twins also wouldn't be at this, would they? Triplets. The triplets, triplets. sorry. Yeah, the triplets wouldn't. Is this Sunday? It wasn't intentionally, no. This was a dinner oh. because you were coming home. Then, no, they, they're not required. They're required to attend the Sunday dinner. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't feel like your dad would have a dinner where they'd be with new people where they'd be forced to attend right away. No. Yeah, no, I, f- I feel Especially like... Especially with the Prince, actually, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel like this is Friday night, actually. Yeah. So, are you... Because wait- very not much not ashamed of them. He, he basically is daring people to say something. Right. <laughs> okay. Good to know, actually. Thank you for listening to the Rogues Alliance Actual Play Podcast. For character bios, fan art, and more, check out our wiki page at roguesalliance.wikia.com. Music and sound effects are owned by LucasArts, Lucasfilm, Valve, the Walt Disney Company, or are from the sites freesound.org, freesfx.co.uk, and tabletopaudio.com. Questions and comments can be sent to feedback at roguesalliance.ca. Tune in every two weeks for more of our ongoing adventures as we blow stuff up, learn rules, and generally have a good time. If you die in the wedding, I Man, I'd, I'd love to have my death, like, recorded? Immortalized on a podcast. Why would you want to do that to your family? <laughs> well, they don't have to listen to it. There is no They're way. They're going that, to? Yeah, like, they, it would be too morbid. They would be drawn to it. it, it might, but they might not do it immediately. It might take them a year to build up to it. Yeah. But they will. And I can imagine your family, like, how many people were in the room? How come, how come we can only hear him? It's like, well, the rest of them didn't want to talk over him. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> See, this this stuff needs to be on the bloopers reel. Actually, we probably turn it up a bit. On the door, the 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 the, the, the Doro Doro Ranch Dolo. 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 You're a Duros. You're the Dolo. <laughs>